podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria Tellez interviews Gail Armadas, the author of Your Heart Song Journey, Discovering and Living Your Inspired Dream and God-Designed Purpose. Gail Armadas is also a professional certified life coach and a thoughtful and powerful communicator. She guides women to embrace their identity and worth and helps them experience the freedom found in living true to themselves and God's calling in their everyday very real, personal, and professional lives. Helping women discover why they are here and the difference they make is Gail's passion. Her desire to share her experiences through the lens of her faith offers strength and hope to others, as her story includes life-defeating habits, thoughts, and circumstances not uncommon to Christian women everywhere. Having a low self-esteem, Developing an eating disorder to cope with loneliness, anger, hurt, and shame, experiencing divorce, remarriage, and a blended family, figuring out how to create and balance a successful personal life and career, Gail found love and forgiveness when Jesus tenderly and firmly spoke to her heart, You have to change. As he promises, God used her life choices and circumstances for good as he prepared her to serve other women of faith. Today, Gail helps women uncover the truth in love and really live believing through Christ they are good enough and loved no matter what, strong enough to break through. They have purpose and God has a plan for them to fulfill it. Gail has a master's degree in human development and the family. As a certified coach, Gail has additional training in the areas of career and divorce recovery. She approaches all her coaching from a Christ-centered, life application, and life purpose perspective. Meet Gail at gailarmadis.com. Here is the interview with Gail Armadis. In your own words, who is Gail Armadas? Well, Gail Armadas, first and foremost, I am a child of God and a believer in Christ. And everything that I do um, really stems from that, all of my beliefs. And hopefully the way I respond to life comes from that. Um, Beyond that, uh, or as part of that, uh, I am a wife and a mother of three grown children. And and recently, a new Gigi, I have a granddaughter, 
and she's four months old. So that's been pretty exciting for us. And uh, in the other arm of life, I am a Christian life coach. And so everything that I uh, do in terms of writing or coaching or speaking comes from a Christ-centered perspective uh, and life purpose perspective. That sounds really good to me. And we'll be exploring these topics of what you do and how you do it in your book. It's titled Your Heart Song Journey, Discovering and Living Your Inspired Dream and God-Designed Purpose. My first question to you, Gail, had to be the one that I mentioned off record. What, where, and who is God to you? Well, I am a believer in Scripture, and Scripture teaches us, uh, and I believe from experience, that God is love. And He is uh, the three-in-one. He is God the Father, uh, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So uh, He's with us wherever we go. What is love to you in a sense of, in what ways do we manifest love in the world? Oh, you manifest love in the world. Well, that's a really good question. And again, I go back to uh, what the Word has taught me and what I read when I read Scripture and what I've seen in my life and what I've experienced and know to be true is that uh, love is sacrifice. And so it's a giving up of, of maybe our preferences for on behalf of, uh, first of all, uh, on behalf of and in recognition of Jesus who sacrificed everything for us and also sacrificing for those around us. How do we know when we are letting go of our own ways so the higher force of God can guide us? And how do we know when we are just giving up? Well, I I think that there is a distinct difference. Honestly, I haven't thought of it like that before, but I think sacrifice, there is a knowing in sacrifice and sacrifice is intentional and sacrifice can hurt. And usually there's a resistance (laughs) to it. (laughs) Anyway, that's from my experience (laughs) and and what I've witnessed in others too. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's, uh, that's the path that as believers that, that we're on and there's joy in sacrifice that what we, what we don't understand, I think sometimes is that in the, um, in the sacrifice, in the, I, I, and I'm going to use your other words here too, letting go or giving up. Uh, it's of our, uh, of ourself, our ambitions, our desires. And don't mistake me to mean that we don't, when we sacrifice, we don't gain great benefit from that. And in the end, we see that we receive more than what we ever imagined. But sacrifice is usually, um, and maybe always, very intentional. And letting go, when I think of letting go in terms of the dichotomy, I think of um, kind of a loss of giving giving up. You know, I, I know I used those words earlier, but 
And maybe even a sense of failure. In a way, letting go, it feels more freeing. There's lightness to it or sacrificing once we understand the purpose and the intention. Giving up feels like something negative and heavy. Yes, I like the way you said that. Yeah, and there is great freedom. And and I think that's when we think of sacrifice, we think of pain and uh, and the, the only thing that uh, makes it so hard is the the letting go of self and uh, the pride that that uh, is a part of that. You also inspired me to think about acceptance and inner peace when that happens, which I believe you call a God-designed purpose or listening to the heart song. That's a beautiful way to say that. Heart song, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that was a word that was given me to describe the inspired dream and purpose that God uh, creates us with. He, he has us in mind long before he creates us and we're put on this earth. He knows when and where he, he wants us to be because he has work for us to do there uh, on his behalf. And so, you know, finding, discovering uh, our heart song is the journey that we're on. And it's what helps give us direction and it guides us and it allows us to use our gifts and our talents. It's, it's really the whole package, but, but what I believe is that none of that really matters or makes sense unless we're doing it um, through Christ, unless we're believing in Christ, uh, because we're taught uh, as Christians that there's, there's one way to eternity with God, and that is through Christ. I don't believe in one way to get to inner peace, to access deeper love and understanding of what life is about. But I do understand that we come from different backgrounds. We're different. And, and that's what makes life really beautiful, I think. All the diversity, I see that in nature. Everything's so different, but so beautiful at the same time. Yeah, I, I uh, you know, you, you mentioned nature and it's just uh, if you step away from whatever busyness you or I might be involved in and look at nature, it just speaks of the glory of God and his creation. And how can we not marvel in that and know that, uh, you know, we're created too. What is the meaning of death to you, Gail? Well, again, as a, well, death is a loss uh, in human terms, but for the Christian, it's the beginning of a new life. That's the life that we're, that we're focused on. That's how we get through the challenges and the trials and the uh, difficulties here on earth, um, because we want to stay focused on God and being with Him eternally, and uh, but still knowing that He has work for us to do with Him here on earth. And uh, we're spiritual beings, I believe, and uh, so our spirit's going to live on forever, but we get to decide uh, how that turns out for ourselves. 
At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? Well, the world's greatest need is Jesus, really, because again of his sacrifice for us. Nothing nothing else really makes sense because you know, we're not here to judge other people. That's not what we're here. Uh, And even Jesus says, I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save the world. And so, you know, what's going on right now is there is a lot of chaos and that comes from a very dark place. And And it comes from a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. People aren't, I think, listening to one another. And choosing right paths. There are so many different directions, (laughs) different choices that we can make and uh, different ways that we can treat people. And, you know, if we're, if we're walking in the spirit, in the Holy Spirit, then, then we'll make those right choices and we'll show the kindness of Christ. And, uh, will show the love of God and will be willing to sacrifice for other people and not be hurtful uh, to other people. And um, so I think, you know, the world is the world and <laughs> there is evil. And, uh, you know, as, as spiritual beings and believers in Christ, we're to be light and we have a role to play in the healing of the world. There's a section in your book, I think it's week two, yeah, heart challenges, that you mentioned self-love. So talk to me about that for a moment. Well, I believe that uh, loving ourselves is key. First, loving Christ and loving ourselves. But I, I don't know that we can really understand the depth of love without knowing what Christ has sacrificed for us. And what I've learned is that, you know, Jesus taught to love our neighbors as ourselves. Well, you know, my question from that is, how can we love others well if we don't love ourselves? And what kind of God would make us unlovable? I mean, we can certainly be unlovable, right? We can, we can act that way, but normally that's that's out of defense and protection and and because we've been hurt. But uh, if we can begin to see ourselves the way God sees us, um, not that we're infallible and not that we don't make mistakes, but because of Jesus' sacrifice for us, we're forgiven for those mistakes. We we all make mistakes, but so often we carry around the shame of, from the result of uh, whatever's happened in our lives. And then we begin to see ourselves um, as less than. Uh, and uh, God wants us to know that no matter what, He loves us. And He can do that because of what Jesus has done for us. So you speak of unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is the most powerful way to navigate this life, loving ourselves unconditionally and loving others. And it is not an easy thing to do, right, Gail? It sounds simple and makes a lot of sense to the heart, but 
How easy is that? <laughs> How realistic it is to love others and ourselves unconditionally? Mm. Uh, I think, uh, honestly, that it comes from the relationship that we develop with God through Christ, understanding that God gave up his son. Actually, they're three in one, right? So he came down to earth and he uh, walked around as a human being, still being fully divine. And he allowed himself to experience everything that we've gone through. And and he died for us. I mean, who who else would die for me? I don't I don't know who else would go through that for me. And when we come uh, to that very clear understanding of that love, that sacrifice that was made for each of us, then it's very humbling. And then it's uh, it's something that we want to do. We want to come to God and we want to tell him thank you. And we want to see ourselves the way that God sees us because, because through Christ, that's how he sees us. Otherwise he would see us as broken and uh, and he couldn't have a relationship with us, but because of the sacrifice, because of the love, he he calls us to him and um, asks us to just settle with him in in his arms. I'm not I'm not saying settle for God. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying rest in him. When I use the word settle, rest in him, rest in his love, rest in the knowing and believing that that we have reason to be here. There is something that he found magnificent about the idea of having us here on earth and and being in relationship with him. He enjoys us coming to him. And and I look at it a lot like our relationship uh, with a, a, a good father. What does a good father do? How does a good father uh, spend time with his child? Well, teaching and um, sometimes disciplining and uh, walking with and loving and, you know, all those things. Uh, that's That's our father God. He wants us to turn to him. And, you know, so many people don't have that kind of a relationship with their human father, but they can have that with God the Father. Something came to mind about this, which I think I asked somebody else before, about the the idea of him, the pronoun God being a uh, male in a way, uh, the father you just mentioned. I'm wondering why they didn't, or it, God was not, uh, let's say, interpreted as a female, her, a mother, well, you know, I believe that scripture is divinely inspired by God and God is God. And so God gets to decide certain things. But I do not in any way, shape or form believe that him describing himself in what we would call male terms diminishes anything about women. Uh, in fact, uh, from the very beginning, we're in partnership with men. You know, he he saw that men couldn't couldn't make it on their own, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they they needed help <laughs> and they needed our strength and they needed our you know all the things that women bring, you know and. 
So I find no um, resentment, I guess. Uh, maybe that's a harsh word, but I, but I find no cause for concern in that. I think that God gets to decide and, and we can't know everything. So, uh, you know, maybe that's something when we get to be in his presence, we can say, you know, what, why did you, why did you do it that way? Or it might be obvious to us, you know, <laughs> true. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I, but I do believe that, that, uh, the scripture is inspired. And if he wanted to, to let us know that he isn't a he, he would do that. But whatever reason, that's what he's chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I guess that's why, in a way, I prefer to believe that, as you said before, God's love. So I use the word love, capital L, because there's no gender. There's no male, female, but just this beautiful, mysterious, divine force that's greater than all of us and everything that's in here. I don't think that him being, God being a him, uh, using that reference, uh, takes away any joy or any love from us. I, I think that, uh, and it's all throughout scripture, he, he um, honors women and they have a huge role to play uh, here now and will forever, you know. So anyway, I guess that's what I want to say. I think we're just using words. A lot of times I feel that they're just words, but we are talking about the same thing, but using different words and perhaps belief systems. But in the end, it's all about love. It always goes back to love. So how did you become a writer? Oh, well, uh, it wasn't planned yet. There was a seed planted in me probably way back when I was about 10 years old or so. I I was uh, with a neighbor girlfriend and we decided we were going to write a newsletter for all the homes on our street. And so I remember sitting at my dad's desk in the den and uh, doing my part on the newsletter and thinking, wow, this is really fun. It, it might be neat to write a book someday. And uh, that thought really never left me. I didn't dwell on it. But every now and again, I'd remember that, oh, it might be fun to write a book. I had no idea what I would, what I'd write about. But uh, later in life, as I worked with uh, my life coach, she uh, and I were having a conversation about dreams that I'd had uh, growing up and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I told her the only, only two things that I can remember really dreaming about were having a loving family, which I have. And, and then I said, I, you know, way back when I thought, you know, maybe I'll write a book someday. And I kind of laughed because I told her I have no idea what I would write it about. And uh, she, she and I talked about it a little bit and, and she, I think, suggested, well, what about, you know, some of your coaching, what you do in coaching, what kind of questions you ask in that and, and that kind of thing. And so anyway, uh, that really struck uh, uh, a chord with me. And uh, soon after, I sat down at the kitchen table with uh, my youngest son's, one of his high school 
notepads and just, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, doing it the old fashioned way, started actually writing uh-huh. uh, things down and it just kind of poured out of me. And I knew, and what came out of me were the, what I call basically the three pillars or in the book, the three steps that occur as you walk through your heart song journey. What was the intention? Did you set an intention when you wrote the book, Your Heart Song Journey? Uh, well, I guess yeah, I guess the answer to that would be yes, uh, in terms of walking through those three steps. And the intention is to draw closer to God and to be able to to love oneself more, um, see yourself through God's eyes, forgiven and wholly loved, uh, no matter what, and then to be able to discern the things that hold us back. And there are a lot of things that are common amongst us, but, uh, you know, so I kind of go through that. And then ultimately defining with Christ what uh, His call is on our life, which encompasses the dream that we have uh, and our purpose, because I believe wholeheartedly that we can't, uh, fulfill it uh, completely without him, because again, it's a it's a it's a knowing of the person of Christ and the presence of love, and you know, knowing our purpose and dream, it allows us to kind of cut to the chase in a lot of things. It helps us uh, do a better uh, job of understanding where our time needs to go, what decisions we should be making and and our responses in life. How did you discover your God-designed purpose? Well, uh, by the grace of God, number one. Uh, number two, I uh, had a career uh, having a uh, business with a partner. We had a private school and I did that for nearly 30 years, but for maybe, gosh, close to 20 of them, I just felt a longing for something else. And what I came to understand ultimately was, number one, God had me there uh, for, to use the word purpose, (laughs) and there was much that he was teaching me. And second, that that was not my dream, that was my partner's dream. And what my dream was, uh, and it has always been as I looked back over the experiences God had ta- had taken me through, uh, was that my dream was to help other people discover theirs and to begin living it, not just discover it, not just know what it is, but then to take the bold steps to to begin living it. And, you know, we might know our dream, but we, we also can let the dream die within us, you know? And, and so that breaking free part of your heart song journey is the part that, um, helps us to begin living it because we can move forward through that and not live in the old ways, but live in the new that God's calling us to. And I wonder also, how do we know when we are living our purpose or what do you call God-designed purpose? Is there a feeling or signs? 
Again, as a Christian, I believe that uh, when we accept Jesus into our lives, then we all, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit prompts us, uh, teaches us, guides us, comforts us. Uh, and so the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives lets us know uh, that we're in the right spot. Some people call it your sweet spot. Um and I, I think that's probably a good description, but it's also a calling forward into more than what we're experiencing. And the, and the more really is the relationship with Christ. So my other question is the obstacles to that. Why do so many of us resist and don't overcome the obstacles to discover what you also call our true identity? Well, uh, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One would be that we get very comfortable with where we are and when life is easy. I mean, that that's that's nice, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so true. Yeah. And, but yeah. we can be uh, moving forward and still experience joy. You know, my mentor, uh, Dr. Katie Brazelton, she uh, had the privilege of going to visit Mother Teresa at one point in her life. And um, she was offered the opportunity to help cut toenails of the people that were in dire need. And, you know, my friend just couldn't believe, you know, she didn't want to do that. And she asked Mother Teresa, how can you do that? And uh, Mother Teresa said, my child, it's pure joy. And I, I bring that up because uh, Katie didn't want to step out of her comfort zone to do something like that. And yet she saw people doing that and finding and seeing the joy on their face in serving uh, in something like that. And so the, something that that keeps us from discovering uh, our heart song is uh, the fear of stepping away from our comfort zone. Um, another thing is pride, uh, because to do it requires Oh my gosh, we started the conversation. Let it go. Right, right, right. And so we want to hold tightly onto things. A lot of times it really just aren't important, but we think that they are. And it gives us a sense of control. And, you know, the thing is, is that God is in control of everything. And so we don't have to be. And, And when we can release our will to control things, uh, then then we can start experiencing the peace that we're so desperate to have. Then we can and and then we can listen and follow. We're not we're not just spinning ourselves into the ground. So in a way it's easy to remain the way we are than to change. Uh, yes. Yeah. So true, Gail. And yeah, it's in not until the pain the pain becomes deeper than the comfort do we decide to make a change. And another point you said, so true, with the sense of control, we all want to control our lives and feel like we are directing everything. Mm-hmm. So that makes me think about what do we really have control over 
What is that that we can control? We can control our choices, our decisions. Uh, we get to decide. You know, we get to get to decide what we're going to do with our time. We're going to we get to decide whether we're going to go right or left, and we get to decide what we think. That's a big one. So another question that came to mind is: once we discover our heart song, I love that. Do all fears and doubt and insecurities disappear or they're still there somewhere? Well, discovering your heart song is a journey and it's a journey that's meant to be taken not alone, but with Christ at the center. And so the more we lean into him on that journey and we listen to his direction, we listen for his truth, we read his word, then when those things crop up, uh, we have a place to go with them. And uh, it's, 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 it's about turning to him and uh, releasing those things uh, that, that do crop up. But the further we get in the journey, the more we know we can trust him. Mm-hmm. with all of those insecurities and, and doubts and, and you know, just circumstances that crop up that we wish wouldn't. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we know it's so a lesson them. <laughs> you are a Christ-centered life coach. From that experience, what is the area uh, in our lives that we need the most help with? I let's see that's a good question uh that we need the most help with I think perhaps surrendering uh surrendering all the hurt and all the pain to Christ the one who who experienced all that hurt all that pain uh himself and who we can turn to and no matter how we're feeling and know the truth of what he tells us that he's with us and that he we can actually experience his love even in the deepest darkest times uh, he doesn't promise to take those difficulties away from, from us but he does promise that he's going to walk with us through them this state of being surrender trust is that a, something that we work on every single moment in every day? Or this is a decision we make, one-time decision, let's say? No, it's. I don't believe it's a one-time decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that we, we surrender and surrender and surrender. There's one speaker I heard one time use the word punctilier. And I'd never heard that word before. Maybe you're familiar with no, it. But, no, but it just hung with me. And this was years ago. And it means you do it and then you do it again and then you do it again and then you do it again and then you do it again. Right, right, right. You know, uh, we aren't. We aren't perfect and um, we just surrender all. You know, there's an old hymn, I surrender all. And when we have these experiences that are so painful, Jesus is calling to us and he just wants us to surrender it to him and, um, and see how he's going to use it in our lives uh, to experience joy. Mm. that we never thought possible. 
You also talk week three in your book, Heart Challenges. You talk about values, priority, roles, and life balance. So I do have a question about values. Do you see any difference between values and beliefs? I think our our values stem from our beliefs. You know, our experiences tend to lead to what we think. And then when we think something long enough, right, we believe it. And um, then we'll place value on one thing or another thing. And... Uh, and so I guess my answer to your question is, no, I don't think right. that they're the same thing. <laughs> right. They're separate somehow, but they're interconnected. They're in related. Yes. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And we're almost at the end. I have a few more questions for you. But before that, there's another section in your book that caught my attention. That was about grief, that grief matters. Yeah. Talk to me about that for a moment, Gail. Well, nothing, nothing that God allows us to go through, no matter the experience, is wasted. He uses all things for those that love him uh, for the good. And that includes grief. You know, uh, uh, our emotions are and our feelings are part of how God created us. They're his idea, right? Um, and I believe that, that ultimately those things are meant for us to turn to him. And so again, that we can know him more and, and the grief, I think to date, my biggest grief experience was going through a divorce and, uh, you know, people, people, or I've heard it said that, you know, it's like, uh, a death, but also rejection at the same time. I guess if you're the one that's being left behind, right? And so, so it's just grief upon grief. But uh, we experience uh, types of grief throughout our life in every loss that we have. And so, uh, God doesn't waste those in our lives. We learn something from from. And we're meant to pass what we learn on to other people. We're not meant to keep it to ourselves. We're meant to share what we learn and and comfort others as well. I have a few more questions. Before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? You know, I I think I mentioned that I think that uh, I believe that believing the truth of who we are is the foundation from which everything else comes, you know, the decisions that we make, uh, the way we treat other people, uh, it, it creates the life that we live. But I guess, you know, so I'd like maybe to read a little bit of that. Gosh, I don't know when I'm going to stop. How much time do we have? (laughs) Um, whatever feels natural to you. Let me go ahead. Uh, I, uh, I will start here. I didn't always recognize my wrong choices as sin, nor did I understand the influence this had on my life and the lives of others. I had not considered my fear, doubt, and false humility sin. I didn't know they were stumbling blocks to living my best life. And I didn't realize my lack of self-worth was a pivot many of my sins would grab hold of and swing around. 
After my come-to-Jesus encounter and a long, dry spell in our relationship, I began to read my Bible and spend time alone with God. His words comforted me and revealed there was nothing I had done in the past, nothing I could do in the future that would or could keep God from loving me. He had already loved me to death, literally, by sacrificing his son for my sins. What greater expression of love is there? What more could be given on my behalf? I began to understand, by Jesus' sacrifice, my worth became sacred. So did yours. To live fully, you must every moment, every day, choose to believe there is nothing you can do or strive to be that will cause you to be loved and accepted more than God has already loved and accepted you. There is no achievement you can gain or human praise you can receive that validates your worth more than Jesus' sacrifice does. There is no human failure, wrong, or violation big or bad enough to take away what has already been given. Christ's sacrificial blood-laden love proves your sacred worth. Am I good enough? No, not on my own. Neither are you. The only thing that makes us good enough is God's love pouring out through Jesus' sacrifice and into our very being. By the way, He made this sacrifice on your behalf long ago. So any error you make, shame you feel, insufficiency you find in your actions and yourself cannot rightly claim, I am not good enough. Because the creator of heaven and earth, you and me, everything, has already pronounced through Christ that you are. It's a done deal. Thank you so much, Gail, for the message and your mission. That's beautiful. It's a healing one for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I have two more questions. Go. (laughs) This one relates to losing the physical body. If you knew you would die soon, would you change anything or do anything differently? I think uh, the call as Christians that we have on our life is to go and spread the good news. The way that we do it is through the dream and purpose that God has given us. But I... I have learned in these past years in my coaching and through my writing and through all the experiences and teaching that God has given me that there can be nothing more important than people to come to a saving knowledge in Christ. So I I hope that I'm sharing that message now, but if there is more that I can do to help that happen, I guess any, I'm losing, I'm trying to find the right word, any opportunity. Mm -hmm. I I hope that I don't, don't overlook that opportunity. I, but I have, I am just so grateful for the life that I have and, and the, I, I'm blessed and I have an abundant life. And so I, I guess the, the short answer is no, not really. I don't think I'd change it. <laughs> so one more question. What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Oh, okay. I love this question because uh, it goes straight to, to my heart and to what assignment God has given me to do and purpose to fulfill. And and my dream. And that is also what you'll find in the book. Uh, and the three things I know for sure is that you are good enough and loved no matter what, that you can break through whatever is holding you back, and that God has a dream and a purpose for you that, for each one of us, that uh, He desires that we fulfill. Yes. 
Thank you so much again for your presence, your wisdom or the wisdom of the spirit, but through you. So I really appreciate what you're doing to reach us and to heal us. You did to yourself and now you're passing that on. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Valeria. It's been my pleasure. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Okay. Well, my website, is, you can go to gailarmatis.com. The last name is spelled A-R-M-A-T-Y-S. So gailarmatis.com. On Facebook, uh, you can join with me uh, at Gail Armatis Coaching there. And uh, my book, you can find it, um, purchase it through my website, or you can go to Amazon. Thank you so much again, Gail, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you, Valeria. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Gail Armadas and her work, please visit gailarmadas.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.